0: Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that puts the unk in punk rock. Today on the show, we have James Gaffney, a graphic designer with his own business creating his own path to punk rock way. We talk quite a bit about punk rock, how the Generation X mindset is seeping into culture in a larger way, how to build a team, and how design stays the same while trends change. If you're a designer at any stage of your career, this episode is for you. Lots of great information from James on how to make decisions for yourself. Be respectful to your clients while trying to trying new things, and we even talk about pricing projects. Um, so there's lots to break down and lots to share with you all. Um, it was a really dope conversation. I loved it. I had a really good time. It was one of my favorites so far. I really love talking to fellow designers, and I'm going to bring in some more of that in the future as well. So without further ado, welcome James Gaffney to the show.
1: T.I.A.A. is on a mission. Why? Because 54% of black Americans don’t have enough savings to retire. So in collaboration with big name artists like Wyclef Jean, TIAA released Paper Right. New music inspiring a new financial future. With 100% of streaming sales going to a nonprofit that teaches students how to invest, Stream Paper Right now and help close the gap. Listen to the 48 Hours podcast
0: All right, James Gaffney, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Yeah. (laughs) Glad to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Um, Been excited about this for a while because I I just checked out your website. I checked it out a few weeks ago, checked out your website, and it looks like you've got some things together. So give me uh, a sense of who you are, what it is that you do, and if there's any story as to what led you to this point.
2: Um, well, um, my name is James, obviously, uh, I've been a graphic designer, um, since let's see, 1992, I graduated, uh, college, so I've been, been doing it for a while, um, Mm -hmm. uh, struck out on my own, uh, in 97 or 98, um, and have been doing kind of the freelance gig ever since, um. Mm -hmm. Mainly because I don't really play too well in a corporate environment um, I spent I spent several years in a corporate environment large large importer exporter doing uh, packaging design and that sort of stuff and um, just kind of decided that that really was not for me um, at, but at the same time I like to make money um, this is um, a, a, an easier gig than digging ditches or yeah uh, working for the government. So, mm-hmm. um, just kind of stuck it out. Um, you know, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, when I went to college, I was not passionate about design at all. It was just a way to get out of the house. Uh-huh. Uh, wound up with a scholarship, uh, really had very little plans to, to get into it. But, um, once I got to college and started being around creative people, it, it, uh, it kind of prompted me and, and started developing my love for it. And, um, I grew up in ad agencies. My dad was a, a graphic designer and marketing guy. So I uh, kind of came by it naturally, but I didn't want to do what my dad was doing. Right. Um, obviously it's uh, kind of, I think that's pretty typical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you know, uh, always, always enjoyed it. Always had an aptitude for it, but I mm-hmm. uh, just didn't want to do it for a living. But um, here, here we are 20 something years later, 26 years since I started college. So um you know, it's uh, it's a it's a good gig. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's certainly pitfalls, especially to uh, to owning your own business and and doing your own thing. But uh, you know, for me, I, I I can't really think of anything else I'd rather be doing. Right. Um, other than you know, sitting around drinking coffee and being paid to do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I have yet to find that 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 client.
0: But I know that's the still, dream. I think that's what we're searching, still searching. Still <laughs> searching. That's the that's what we're all kind of working towards I think. We just want we just want sponsorships and people to send packages to our door so we can just sit and watch Netflix all day.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> one day, one day man, I'm going to get there.
0: Yep, yep. You know, it's interesting because I I think we've been on, you know, we're probably about uh uh 10 years apart in terms of like when our careers started, but on a similar path because I'm I'm a designer as well. Um more of a multimedia designer so i've done photo and video and website design stuff like that i've seen you've done websites as well yeah. um but uh similar i woke i uh, uh grew up my dad was an advertising guy and uh he was more of a sales guy but similar path where like i didn't want to do what my dad was doing uh, really didn't like college i saw one of your posts that you're kind of punk rock in some ways <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that's uh yeah i was a i was a kid and uh, Western North Carolina being as punk rock as I possibly could be in the early eighties and awesome. Um, still, still listen to the music, still dig the ethos. And, um, yeah, uh, I, it, it's kind of silly to describe yourself as a punk rock kid, but right. especially when you're 46, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely still into the punk thing. And, um, mm-hmm. still, still, still do all that, uh, black shirts and, combat boots and all that good stuff.
0: Fantastic. Drives, drives
2: my <laughs> wife crazy. <but.
0: laughs> well, I love that. I have a friend of mine that I used to work with at a, a agency in Santa Monica and um, he was ar- around your age and, it's similar, just like he had the black spiky hair, just wearing like Converse and all black all the time and just blasting punk all the time. It was great. He was a bassist for the queers and oh, okay, yeah. He, yeah, he, was, uh, he would talk about that all the time and uh, bands and stuff and uh, that was so rad.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so, cool. It's, a, it's funny too to, to look back on all this punk stuff and how, how influential it really became you know and at the time it was kind of a joke but um you know it's it's really it's shaped a lot of modern music and i think that's uh you know it's something that people don't really give it a lot of credit for um but well, punk, punk rock's
0: a punk, punk rock's for real man well, yeah and it's shaped a lot of people it's kind of uh you know it's 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 a philosophy in a lot of ways too and and oh yeah in that sense i can relate to it in in the way that like you know, freelance is kind of the only way to go, you know, working for the man, quote unquote, and like corporations really sucks. And it's, you know, not a lot of fun. Um, So, uh, you know, that that sort of, it sounds like that mindset sort of translated into, you know, who you are as a person, and uh, uh, sort of informed the way that you go about business you know being a freelancer and as as opposed to being a, a corporate goon as a lot of people would say
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think the, the the thing that really stuck with me with with the whole punk thing was the was the diy aspect of it mm-hmm. you know it was kind of you know I, if you don't like it that's fine we're going to do it anyway and we're going to do it our own way right um and i think that's a you know that's a that's a good way to be right. um you know, you just, you pick your path and, and you keep going no matter what anybody says. And I think that's, uh, you know, especially for freelance and, um, you know, in the design realm too, because I mean, it's, you know, design is art. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got to, you got to develop your style. You got to develop your, uh, your thing. And, um, you know, if people, people don't dig it. People don't want to get on board. That's fine. You just keep doing it yourself anyway. Right. Um, and that's, um, that's really kind of how I've, I've built my business and that's the, Um, the mindset that I go into it with is, you know, this is, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, tough shit. You know, we just, um, we keep, we keep going and and we'll find somebody that does like it. Right. Uh, You know, and I think too that um, you know, the, the, the punk and grunge thing um, you know, us Gen Xers are, are getting older and are moving more into uh, power positions in Mm -hmm. uh, in industry and, and finance and everything. Um, and so I think that that ethos and that that kind of mindset is starting to come back around and, and people um, in business are starting to appreciate that mindset more because that's what they grew up with mm-hmm. um, or grew up seeing so that that for me is really exciting I, I feel like um, you know as a businessman my time is finally coming <laughs> you know it's like I, I, I struggled through my 20s I struggled through my 30s and now mm-hmm. in my 40s things are starting to kind of come around where um, People dig what I'm putting down, and um, and and that's exciting. That's, I think that's a um, yeah, and I got I have punk rock to thank for that. So so thank you, punk rock.
0: Right, <laughs> and and it seems like uh, you know a lot of the conversations I've been having revolve around authenticity and this authenticity movement. And it seems like you know maybe we should be thanking the Gen Xers and punk rock a little bit more for that. Uh, for its, yeah, uh, movement. I
2: I agree, man. I I think that that's that that's that that's real. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of, you know, a- at the same time, a lot of the, the movers and shakers are getting younger and you know, you, you've got to watch the the people that are kind of coming up sharply, but, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I think that they're uh, Gen Xers have, have kind of done a, a good service in that, um, yeah, it, it's, it is the DIY. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the um, you know, authentic, kind of, this is who I am and like it or love it and, or leave it. Um, and I think that's, that's exciting. I think, I think you're right. I think we're, um, I think Gen Xers don't get as much credit as they should. Of course, we've also screwed a lot of stuff up. Um, <laughs> uh, this, this whole so, social justice warrior movement, I think it was born from um, kind of a misguided hippie sense that uh-huh. some of the Gen Xers have. And I think that's, that's unfortunate, but right. um, you know at the same time it's it, it just is what it is and um you know it, it i think that gen x and and uh, gen y and the people that are shortly after gen x and gen y are um you know they're coming up and and i it's exciting that it's not the button up kind of uh baby boomer sort of stuff that was that was going on especially when i was you know younger and first starting out this business um, yeah it, it's exciting to see it's exciting to see the new blood um, and I think that that new blood's gonna, you know, we're, we're changing things. Um, and it, 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 it I know it's all cyclical, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, we can't take too much credit for, um, for being Gen X and, uh, and changing the world. You know, it's just, it just happens to be that it's our time and we're, you know, starting to get older and a little, hopefully a little bit wiser. Um, and that that's translating into the business world and, into uh, the design world to an extent too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the I think a lot of the younger generation and and not to linger on this topic too much longer I suppose, but uh uh the younger generation are looking up to people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Casey Neistat. I don't know if you're familiar with Casey Neistat, but Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's such a big uh vlogger that I think a lot of younger generation uh, uh younger people connect with him because he's so heavy Gen X. Like he's not cliché punk rock, but he's more of a surfer dude. But in his style, like he builds his own stuff, he makes everything. He's like messing with the cops. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. doing all that sort of stuff that is like, oh, my parents taught me to like be a good person, and this guy's being crazy, and he's still successful. That's cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and that's great. I think that uh, really the world needs to see that. The world needs to see people being real and being themselves, and and being successful at doing that. Because you know, otherwise, you do you you kind of turn out these these cookie cutter people, and that's. Uh, Yeah, that that's never good people. People need to be who they are and they need to find their passion and really pursue it. And,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: um, yeah. And I think that there's, there's a lot of happiness and, um, uh, pride that you can take in, in doing it yourself and Mm -hmm. and doing it your way. Right. Um, and you know, and sometimes that's a, that's a longer road, a hoe, um, -hmm. in that it, you know, it can take a lot longer to, to really develop your brand or develop a presence, Mm but at the same time, I think it's, you know, long-term is way more sustainable because um, you're not living a lie. You know, you're not trying to do what everybody else is doing. You're not trying to, you know, just follow the herd. You're, you're, you're cutting your own path. And and that's, that's, there's a great reward in that, I think.
0: Yeah. I I don't think you could survive a business, you know, on your own for 20 plus years without, uh, you know, without forging your own path and doing things your way, especially, you know, as a graphic designer, there've been major changes from 1997 until today, uh, you know, year. from print to digital and you know, that, that long transition, even from like SD to HD, if you were doing any kind of television stuff. Yep. Um, so, so maybe um, if you could speak a little bit to a, a bit of that transition, like what kind of projects were you working on when you first started versus what you're doing now?
2: Um, really when I first started, I, I didn't want to do web. Um, Mm -hmm. that was, it was fairly new. Right. Um, you know, and it, uh, it just, it was boring to me. Um, Mm -hmm. there was, I, I enjoyed doing print work. I enjoyed logos and, and illustration that, that was really, um, illustration especially is where I wanted to be. Um, I wanted to be a children's book illustrator. Okay. Um, and that was, and I still dabble in that. I still do a lot of illustration and that's, um, that's more for me at this point. Um, and less for clients because frankly a lot of clients don't want to pay for it. Um, but yeah, back in the day it was mostly print stuff. Um, a lot of brochures, a lot of catalogs, um, direct mail. Um, I, we did, uh, a few, uh, senatorial campaigns, um, which that was real bizarre. Um, did TV and radio, Um, and a lot of billboards and, and print, Mm. print media for that. But, but yeah, it's, you know, print media has died out to an extent. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and certainly printing techniques have, have changed greatly. Um, You know, it used to be that a four color process business card was just hella expensive, but now you can get them for, you know, pennies. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, so that, you know, the technology has advanced to a a point where you can do some amazing stuff, but it used to be that the amazing stuff was more complicated and complex and required a lot more uh, communications with the printers and picking out paper stocks and doing all this crazy uh, varnishes and spot colors and spot varnishes and stuff. And, um, and that's, that's still there, but it's a lot harder to find. And, and frankly, it's a lot harder to convince people that they, want to pay for it. You know, right. why, why would I want a die cut here when I can, you know, f- instead of buying 500 cards, I could buy 20,000 for, you know, a hundred dollars less. All right. Um, and, and so that, that's kind of changed print. Um, you know, print is still around. We still do a fair amount of that, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, uh, but yeah, man, it's, I, I would say it's transitioned from, uh, you know, in the early days, it was it was 100% print. To now, it's probably 10-15% print, mm-hmm. um, and the rest of it is uh, digital. It's either websites or uh, marketing or social media or uh, that sort of stuff. And that's that's really where we um, that's where really where we we pay our bills is right. um, with that kind of stuff. But um, you know, it, design itself, I'm not sure has really changed all that much. I'm not sure that it, it that design you know, as an entity can really change Right. Uh, just because it's, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's a, it's an art form. Right. Um, and you know, styles might change, but that doesn't really change design. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the tools have come in an unbelievable distance. Um, very thankful for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, everything's gotten a lot cheaper. Um, everything's gotten a lot faster and, and that's exciting, but, you know, design wise, things haven't really changed all that much. Um, you know, if you look back, um, to, to Soviet era design that that's kind of becoming hot again, the colors are uh, from those are becoming hot again. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, you know, again, it's, it's all cyclical. Uh, things, things come back around, you know, styles come back around. Um, you know, God, bell bottoms are coming back around or (laughs) they they may already be out. I don't know. Like I said, I've worn the same shit I've worn since 1987. So I'm not sure about clothing styles, but I mean, they all come back around. um, And, and I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of new in design, Mm -hmm. uh, but there frankly hasn't been a lot of new in design since probably 1930. So Right. you know the tools have changed the the end market has changed but um design itself hasn't hasn't really gone anywhere or done anything else so
0: yeah i mean the fashion uh the fashion equation equating it to fashion is like such a uh such a good parallel because you kind of think of like a a, a nice tailored suit has been kind of the same sort of look for so long. It's classic. It kind of stays the same. You make little adjustments and tweaks to it, but for the most part, it's, it's, there are components that all kind of work together. It's similar with design where there's, you have like the core intuitions and values and color theory and spatial recognition and layout and all of that stuff. Like all of that stuff, none of that changes. <laughs> it's just how, yeah. you, how you use yeah. it to, to the modern world.
2: Yeah. I mean, if then, you know, to, to take the fashion analogy a little bit further, you know, a men's man's suits have not changed uh, in forever. Yep. The, the, uh, fabrics will change. The mm-hmm. width of the lapel might change. How right. baggy it is might change. But, right. but overall it's, it's still the same crap that we were wearing, you know, a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, women's fashion changes to an extent, but it's uh, you know, it's it's also again largely the same as it as it's ever been.
0: So. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, obviously, you can't you couldn't have uh, lasted this long in in your freelance uh, career without paying attention to those trends. Um, so, like, what do you typically do? Uh, it 's easier these days, um, but I guess you can kind of speak to back in the day too as to like what you would do to keep up with the trends are you check reading books Are you doing uh you know checking out websites other people 's work things like that what what do you do to keep up with the trends um honestly
2: i just i, I i'm a student of design mm-hmm. um, i've i 've always noticed design i 've always noticed color i 've not, noticed pattern um, and you just you keep your eyes open you know mm-hmm. you see what people are doing um and it, it, it I've got five kids so they kind of they kind of keep me informed with uh you know the latest youtubers and memers and <laughs> uh, and and influencers and you can watch them to an extent and um you know and and kind of pick up where where things are going um but really it's just it's 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 everywhere you know you you go to the store and you look at packaging you um you know, you see what people are buying, you see what people aren't buying, you see what people are like, wow, this is really cool. Um, you know, you just, you look around, it's, uh, you've got websites, you've got social media, um, and you're right, you know, that that has been one of the biggest boons, um, I think, to design and the availability of design has, has been uh, being able to get online and search for anything at any time
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and come up with a million different uh, different options. Um, back in the day, it was, you know, you go to the library, you go to a bookstore and you, you look at the latest art books and, um, you know, the David Carson books and and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really you're still doing that. It's just kind of the library or the bookstore has changed. It's, um, you know, you don't have to physically leave the house anymore to do it. Um, but it's, it's just, it's keeping your eyes open, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and what people are up to seeing, um, you know, what, uh you know, style again, style changes and it's, it's such a fluid thing. And I think style changes a a lot faster now. Um, so it can be a little bit harder to stay on trend. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think that staying on trend is not necessarily, um, always a good thing either. Right. Um, you know, I think that that developing your own style, your own flavor, your own, uh, your own thing is, um, I think that's a, a good way to keep it, keep it fresh and, um, you know, and if, if you get too trendy, it gets too trendy, you know, it, um, God, how many people used the papyrus font back in the day? Uh, you know, and you still see that you still Uh see people using that and maybe that's part of their, their style and their gig. Um, but because it was so trendy, it, it looks dated and it just doesn't have the, the staying power of, of originality and, um, you know, kind of hard fought style.
0: Yeah. It's another advantage of that punk rock mindset. Like you don't want to be trendy. You don't want to be like everybody else. You want to be the one that's setting the trends or trying something different or, you know, just kind of subverting expectations, trying different colors. Like, Oh, everybody's doing this. Let's try something a little bit different. Let's see how people will connect to this and not necessarily just doing what, uh, what everyone expects of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you've got to be careful with that, of course. I mean, yeah. especially from a client facing standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it doesn't sell, it it, it doesn't work. Right. Um, and so that, that's something that I've got to kind of constantly battle with is, mm-hmm. you know, I can come up with a million wacky ideas and, and crazy shit to do for any, any client. Um, but will it speak to their target audience? And that's, right you know, you, you want to push the boundaries, you want to give something fresh, you want to do something cool. Mm -hmm. um, But at the same time, you don't want to alienate people or, you know, uh, piss off half the market. Um, Right. You know, I feel like in, you know, in our own stuff, in our own marketing materials, we can, we can do that a little bit more, but for our clients, it's, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to stay reasonably trendy and, and, and reasonably safe. Um, but there's, there's always, there's always room for a little bit of nipple twisting here and there.
0: Right. And and you know, with like, again, with the suit analogy, like, you know, it's the little things that have changed over time. It's the, you know, pinstripes versus a different size lapel versus, you know, different accessories, things like that. You're just trying little things here and there to yep. kind of push it. You know, you, I, I think that's, I think that's the beauty of freelance versus working in a corporate culture is you have a little bit more room, at least, especially with the clients that you're working with to kind of say like, Hey, let's try a little bit of this. You know, we need to speak to your audience, but you can still kind of add little bits of your flair in there. Whereas most of the time with corporate situations, you're kind of at the whim of what they want you to do. So I'm kind of trying to transition into, um, you know, some of that, that corporate culture stuff that, um, that, that. I'm sure you've had an issue with you mentioned at the top of the show, and uh I've definitely had some trouble working in corporate culture, <laughs> yeah yeah
2: I mean, but, you, you wind up you know you kind of wind up doing the same thing over and over when you're when you got a corporate gig you just you you set a style guide, and that style guide kind of rules until you know the next style guide comes out right, um, and that can get that can get real old real fast um you know and the mm-hmm. other the other beauty of, of freelance and and doing your own thing is that you um you, know, you, you, you can pick clients. Um, you know, right. I know that there's, there's always this kind of scarcity mentality and you're like, Oh God, I got to take on everybody just because I got to pay the bills. Right. Um, but you know, the longer you're at it, the, the, the harder you work at it, uh, the choosier you can become and you can, and you can bring in clients that are more aligned with your, uh, with your style and your ethos. And you can, um, you can really, uh, you know, you can build a culture around what you do, um, yeah, and, and we've done that to an extent. I'm not I certainly wouldn't say that we're there perfectly or that it's you know, every client we onboard is uh, perfectly aligned with us. But mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that, that really is uh, one of the things that has kept me going and, and kept me attracted to uh, doing the freelance uh, thing and doing my own business is that um, you know, I get to pick the people I work with and I get to pick, I get to pick the projects that I work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not a fit, then it's just not a fit. And, you know, we figure something else out and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good, man. It's good. Freelance, freelance is good. Corporate, um, corporate works for some people. I've got, I've got good friends that just love their corporate gigs and, right. um, yeah, and that's fine. Um, it's just for, for some people and, and for me especially, it just, it, it, that wasn't, that wasn't where I was going to, I wanted to be.
0: So this is, uh, this next question I have is more of, um, well, it can pertain to you, but it's kind of like a problem that a lot of young designers have is that these days you've, a lot of people, a lot of clients, a lot of people who aren't versed in design, um, have access to services like Fiverr, Elance, um, and basically a lot of speculative work sites where they can pay for dirt cheap for something and they're usually okay with it. Um, what would you recommend or how have you kind of subverted uh, a lot of those services really kind of found a way to continue to freelance without having to battle the people that are like doing design for cheap and lowering the value of design, if that makes sense.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I, I won't lie. I've used people on Fiverr before for, you know, little bits and pieces and most of it social media and that, that sort of thing. Right. Um, you know, and it's it's really really attractive, and and there, you know, I've certainly run across plenty of clients say, oh well, you want to charge that much for a logo design when I can go and and get two hundred of them delivered to me for ninety nine dollars. But you you get what you pay for. Um, right. You know, if you want if you want a cheap design, mm-hmm. if you want somebody that's not going to really dive in and understand your brand or your business or uh, or your your personality. Um, then Fiverr is a great, it's a great option, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, there are, for every designer out there, there's, there's gotta be five or 10 entrepreneurs that are looking for design work. Right. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's certainly competition and you know, you, you've always got to play with your pricing. Um, but there, man, there's more than enough work. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are more than enough people out there that understand the value of decent work. Right. Um, And that's, that's something that I've held on to. I've, you know, I've battled Fiverr, I've battled uh, guru.com, I've battled all these other places um, and lost clients to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, at the same time, like I said earlier, those clients obviously were not aligned with what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um, and, and weren't, weren't valuing what I wanted to do. Um, so you don't need them. You don't need them. You know, you got to pay the bills that that's, you know, you absolutely got to pay the bills. And, and there's plenty of times that still that I panic and, you know, Oh God, I got to bring somebody on so I can pay X this. Um, but there's plenty of work, man. There's, there's plenty of work. There's plenty of businesses. Um, and I, I, I think that, you know, again, staying authentic and sticking to your guns in the long run pans out. Mm -hmm. Um, it might not pay your electric bill next month, um, but it's gonna more than pay your electric bill six months from now. Right. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a patience game. It's a um, it's a long game. Um, it's you know, you're you're certainly not gonna get into freelance design to get rich quick. Right. Um, yeah. If, if you if somebody does, that's great. Um, but I I don't know anybody that has um so yeah i think it's just you know stay patient stay stay true uh do good work and you know eventually um you're gonna you're gonna beat out the people in bangladesh that are churning out 700 logos for five bucks right Um, it's it's a just patience and 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 believing in yourself is going to overcome fiber every time
0: and and cultivating relationships because i'm pretty sure you know, 20 years being in the freelance business doesn't come with just people finding you randomly. You, you, I'm sure you have to work at having repeat clients or, you know, finding ways to get referrals. And, um, uh, that was really what my next question was going to be, uh, you know, how are you finding these clients? Are people coming to you these days more often or what, what tools are you using to, to get your business out there?
2: Um, honestly, just SEO, Mm -hmm. um, We've, uh, our current website we've only had for, I think it'll be five years in June.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, before that, we had, were actually a different business name and we, had, we were re- re- rebranded and, and formed an LLC and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do really, really well locally.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I think that that's, uh, that's something that a lot of freelancers I think ignore, um, and, and, and really to their own peril. It's a lot easier to dominate for freelance design in Austin, Texas than it is to dominate freelance design, uh, in the United States. Right. Uh, yeah. And especially, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily in Austin. They're not in huge cities. They can be, you know, you can start small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really what we did. We started in Asheville, North Carolina, um, really just poured all of our effort into dominating search locally there. And it's, you know, over time that has, that has kind of ballooned out uh, to, to a much more regional standing. So we get a lot of regional clients just through straight SEO um, mm-hmm. and, and really just local SEO. Um, I do, I'm fairly active in several Facebook groups. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't really hang out in a lot of designer groups mm-hmm. uh, in Facebook i'm um, into a lot of entrepreneur groups um, and, and business type groups. Um, and there's a lot of people in there looking, uh, and, and actively looking. And if you get in there and share your, uh, share your, your, uh, your experience and your, and your know-how, mm-hmm. uh, eventually those people, they also find you. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. There, there's a lot of different ways to do it for, for us. It's been really just local and regional SEO. Um, and then just kind of quote unquote face to face meeting with people in Facebook and, uh, and on social media, mm-hmm. uh, you know it there's but that may not work for some people you know for some people cold calls work great um i've i've never been a i'm not a hugely social person again this is part of the the whole punk rock thing i'm not yeah. a you know i'm not a mr go out and uh shake hands and uh go to business mixers and all that stuff so so for me uh, and and for the business it it's it's social media is terrific because i can you know i can do that networking i can i can shake hands but i don't have to uh, you know, I don't have to shave. I don't have to put on pants if I don't want to. Right. And that's, um, you know, I, I think that's been really one of the biggest uh, business wise uh, advents uh, or inventions in the, in the past 10 years has been the, the growth of the ability to actually actively prospect for uh, leads um, mm-hmm. through social media or, you know, I mean, God, you can go on Google and, um, you know, look at the people in the niche that you want to um that you want to approach um and and come up with 25 email addresses uh in an hour right um you know and then uh what you do with those email addresses is entirely up to you um and we've we've had you know opportunities and uh and and have met clients and uh and and garnered uh people just doing that you know you go and uh, especially for SEO work and marketing work and that sort of stuff, um, you go to anybody that's on page two of Google, um, and they will crawl over themselves to get on to page one. Um, right. And if you you offer some, uh, you know, some interesting design or interesting marketing ideas to them that that can boost their rank, um, all of a sudden they're you know they're knocking your door down. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of individual. It, it depends, I think a lot on your personality. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a huge go getter. I'm not a, a, a huge glad hander, but, mm-hmm. um, there's lots of ways to, there's lots of ways to do it. There's lots of ways to, to find business.
0: Yeah. And when, when you do get a prospect, are, are you meeting people in person because you're, you're local or are you talking to people on the phone, uh, or communicating online? Um, how do how do you, what's your kind of onboarding process for a new client? Um, we used to do a lot of, eh, not a lot. I
2: would say that, um, probably 75% of our clients I've never met in person.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now it's even, it's an even greater number. Um, I, I, I'm not in Asheville anymore. I'm actually currently in Texas. We, okay. uh, uh, my family and I travel full time
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and so everything is either done phone or email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, honestly, I, I found that business meetings for 90% of the time were just, they were crap.
1: <laughs> um, it
2: was, you know, it just sitting around and, and going over the same shit that you already put in email. Right. Um, and so it, for me, it, it, it didn't, it never made a lot of sense to spend a lot of time uh, meeting people. Right. Um, granted that that can kind of cut down on, Um, you know, some of the larger clients want to meet, they want to meet the team. They want to, you know, see that you're legit. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, a lot of those, a lot of those bigger clients, the bigger corporations are just, they're just not, um, they're not who I'm going after. So, uh, you know, uh, remote meetings and, and, and FaceTimes and, uh, Skype calls and that sort of stuff, uh, works just fine. Uh, Awesome. Yeah.
0: That gives me hope for the future because I think a lot of people feel like you still need to meet people in person. And uh, I don't know, to me, like you just described, like sometimes those meetings are padded, you know, there's a lot of time wasted or if you're dealing with, you know, a more corporate client or a salesperson or something like that they almost want to do those meetings because it's just what they're used to and not because it's efficient or effective. Uh, Yeah. And and, and honestly, man, a lot of times they kind of just turn into a pissing match where, you
2: know, this guy's got a bigger dick than you and you know, it's, it's, it's counterproductive. It's Mm -hmm. um, a a lot of the times it's just counterproductive and you either, you either can't bill for those hours or you try to bill for those hours and the client gets upset because we're just hanging out, having coffee. (laughs) Yeah. But you were also taking two hours out of my day where I could have been working on other
0: stuff. Right. You were quote unquote, picking my brain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and honestly, man, I, I'm sick to death of
2: having people pick my brain. Yep. Um, it's, it it can be cool and I've developed some great relationships and met a few friends through business, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people are out there looking to get a free ride. Um, and, you know, especially when you're a freelancer, when you're when you're a, a, a solo entrepreneur, um, you don't have a lot of time to give away free your rides. Right. Um, you know, you need to be producing, or you need to be you know advancing your cause, and um, and giving away the farm it doesn't it doesn't produce, and it doesn't it doesn't advance your cause. To a large extent, you know, you, you certainly want to put yourself out there as an expert. and You want to make people comfortable in that you know what you're talking about, but you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to give them everything all the time and so so for me meetings um, I, I, and honestly even in the corporate world meetings were just kind of pointless they were just it was everybody showing up sitting there one person talking and everybody else kind of you know twiddling their thumbs or you know looking out the window um, and it's it just uh, why do it why do
0: right. it yeah, total waste of time like you said. You could be focusing on other things. Yeah,
2: yeah, and 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 also, you know, that you asked earlier about things that have changed, that that is something that has changed uh dramatically and and mm-hmm. it's really changed dramatically over the past 5 years is that um people aren't scared by the freelancer anymore. They're right. not scared by um you know, remote meetings anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to be kind of a novel thing and people were like, hey, I don't know, this guy's the only it's just that one guy." Um, you know, working out of a Starbucks. Right. And that's, that's kind of going away and that I think that's really exciting because, you know, you can, you can have clients all over the world that you never meet, but you still do great work and you develop great relationships and mm-hmm. um, you know, it, that, that used to not be a thing. And that's, that's exciting.
0: Well, I think part of that is is people are kind of bundling together a little bit more, too. Like you've mentioned, you've you, you mentioned we, you have a team. Uh, when did that start to formulate for you? And, um, you know, it's interesting that you have a team and you have a business, but you still consider yourself, you know, a freelancer. So so where do those paths kind of intersect when did you just start working with people? And when did you feel like you needed people on your side? Um, Let's we'll see. It's been
2: probably six or seven years since I made my first hire. Um, and it, it really just, it, it came out of me not having enough time to do everything. Right. Um, you know, especially with websites, they're pretty time intensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, um, there's a lot of ins and outs and, and, uh, and stuff you've really got to deal with. Um, and so for me it was, you know, I needed to, I, I need to focus on keeping the business going, making money, um, growing things, finding new clients, uh, doing the design work, which is my passion. Um, and, and for me, you know, doing the CSS and, and doing these website build outs was not necessarily, um, my best time investment. Mm -hmm. Um, so it made a lot of sense for me to bring in a developer. Right. Um, so I've been working with him for a long time. Um, started needing a project manager. So I brought in a project manager. Um, you know, and it's just, uh, it's one of those things, you know, you can do because of the ubiquity of the tools, you can do it all yourself. Right. Um, but is that always the best investment of your time?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and, and for me when things aren't a good investment of my time, I have a tendency to look to delegate those, those things just because, you know, I, it, it I think for me, it makes for a better product. It makes for a happier person. Um, and it makes for, you know, uh, just a smoother, uh, a smoother project altogether. When yeah. you're not, not trying to do everything all the time.
0: Right. And and it's just generally smarter and, you know, something that a, a lot of younger people, I'd say under 25, experience when they're in college, they're overworking themselves or they get a new job and they're like working 10, 12, 16 hours and doing too much on their own. Or when they're freelancing, they feel like they're injecting all of their time into their clients work and not not providing themselves any sense of balance or asking for help when they need help. And, and that's where like those services like Elance and Fiverr come in, like where you can get a designer to help you with something or little things here and there. Yeah. And then eventually get to the point where if you're making enough money, you hire someone and you start to build an empire.
2: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yep. And I, it, you know, honestly we we've, um, we've kind of, we went from, you know, just, it was just being me to me and a developer then to me and a developer and uh, project manager. And at one point we had, I think eight people working. Nice. Um, and that was too much. That was right. way too much for me. It was, you know, it, we wound up actually losing money, mm-hmm. um, because we were taking on so many projects and it just, it, it kind of everything bogged down. Uh, and I wound up being a manager and that's, uh, again, is just not what I really want to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to be a designer and I want to drink coffee and, and be paid to do so. Right. Uh, And, and so it's, there's a balance there. There's, you know, you don't want to get too big um, unless that's your thing, unless you want to just have this, this agency where you're the manager that, and um, for some people that works for me, that was, it was too much. So we had to kind of start slimming back down Mm -hmm. Um, and that was painful. It, you know, had um, really, really good people uh, working with us, um, really enjoyed them, really uh, had a good time together, but it just, it was making me miserable and stressing me out and that, um, that's That's no good for anybody, right um, you know, especially when the, the quote unquote head of a company is uh, you know, working 18 hours a day and um, you know, l- losing way too much weight and having hair fall out and all that stuff because you're you know, stressed to the gills and, and, and hating what you do. Right. Um, that, that's never a good thing.
0: No, it's all about all about that balance. Um, yep. So uh, we're going to start to kind of uh, wind down because as we're talking about time and money, I'm getting antsy, and I'm sure you are as well. <laughs> so <laughs> go uh. do things. Um, but uh, uh, speaking of money, I, I I've never really asked a, a fellow designer this, and um, it's going to be tricky because I don't necessarily want to ask what you charge, but I know a lot of young designers fall into a problem. And I I shouldn't even say young designers, but like really any designer falls into an issue of what do I charge? You know, sometimes design is such a, a bit of an ambiguous thing because you have to think about your experience, what you feel your time is worth, what you feel the client's time is worth, uh, uh, what they feel like the project's worth, things like that. Um, so really what I want to ask is more of like, how do you go about, um, how do you go about determining cost if you're willing to answer that question? And, um, like, are you guys charging billable hours or per project?
2: Mainly per project. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, again, I've, I've been at this so long that I kind of understand, um, how long the logo design is going to take. Right. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of, a lot of intake forms and, um, and stuff that we, that we hand to the client to, to take care of. So that, that takes care of a little bit of the back and forth and, um, some of the ambiguous stuff as far as design goes. Mm -hmm. So I I know generally what, what a project's going to cost. And we like to work on a fixed cost. Um, because otherwise people get, you know, they get antsy when you say, yeah, our, our going rate is 125 an hour. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of people, especially non-designers, don't understand that. Um, yeah, you say 125 dollars an hour, um, and that's that's for the work. Right. It doesn't include, you know, the 40 minutes that you're standing in the shower thinking about this this project, right. or you know, the hour that you're driving down the road. So, right. and, and you deserve to be paid for that. Right. Um, at, at least I feel you do. Absolutely. Uh, so, so yeah, I, you know, I, I think that you know, figure out how long it takes to complete most projects. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if it's a logo design and it takes you six hours, charge 800 bucks for it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, knowing that those, those six hours are going to be broken up over a couple of weeks or, you know, that you're going to be spending two hours actually designing the damn thing and four hours, um, you know, thinking about it or sketching or, Mm -hmm. you know, researching or, or, you know, walking around Walmart, looking at packaging. Um, you know, decide how long it really takes you to do something. Um, decide on a, a workable hourly rate and then, um, you know, go. I, I really think that fixed pricing is the way to go mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise people feel like, oh yeah, you're going to tell me that it's going to be 125 bucks, but it's going to really take you seven hours and I'm going to get a bill for $900 or whatever. Right. Um, you know, so I think that there's, there's a little bit of security mm-hmm. um, for the client. There's also a little bit of security for the, the designer and the fixed rate.
0: Right. Um, Peace of mind for both parties, really.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, you're not thinking about, the client's not thinking about, uh, you know, how are they getting swindled? Are you going to just be padding the hours and and charging extra for little things that don't make sense to them? As opposed to saying, this is a logo design and this is all that goes into it and research. And you don't necessarily have to define that research is you thinking in the shower, but (laughs) (laughs) but you're considering that because you know, we, that's exactly, that is such a good example of how we think as designers that, that we get enveloped in a project. And some of us, you know, like to actively think and sketch and write down ideas, but many of us, you know, for me, I designed my head. It's crazy. Uh, a lot of people are like, how can you do that? But it's almost like, um, Uh, The movie Minority Report, where like I'm kind of like moving things in in space in my head, kind of.
2: Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I mean, I you know I do sketch, I do write things down, I do research, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, the majority of this stuff is uh, it's in my brain until it comes out on the screen.
0: And we should be charging for that talent.
2: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it it is a talent, and it's valuable, and it's um, you know I think people need to pay for value.
0: Well, this has been a really dope conversation. I'm pretty excited that we got to kind of break down the punk rock aspect because that is something I'm kind of diving deeper into uh, in terms of my identity and personality as well. Um, so it's pretty cool to to chat about that and help other people kind of understand that. Uh, I, I think we clicked on something there with the authenticity movement, you know, kind of being involved with Gen X and punk rock a little bit. I think that's kind of fun to, to, to sparse, uh, yeah. to parse out and break, break down. Um, yeah. So... Uh, would you like to give people, um, an idea of where they can find you, uh, your website, things like that?
2: Um, yeah, it's just, uh, blue Um, that's if you, if you search for blue dozen, um, yeah, we've got all of our social media and all that stuff kind of comes up pretty quick, but, uh, yeah, blue is, is where we're at. And, um, you know, even if we're not physically there, we're, we're behind that. So.
0: awesome well james gaffney thank you for being on the show this was a dope conversation and uh hope we'll be able to talk again
2: yeah absolutely christian have a good one and uh and thanks again this is very exciting
0: all right catch you next time see you right, guys man. Thanks, Bye. Christian. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a
1: fiend, I'm a fiend. Oh, you know, you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need, all I need is for you to put me on to the recipe, yeah. Ooh, ooh purple flowers, candy showers, candy, air. Yeah. You who for hours as I watch from overhead. It's on my team, you got me going off your dopamine. Yeah, it's on my team, you got me going off your dopamine.